you're listening to the Prime Culture Podcast. This Prime Culture is for the dreamers, the schemers, and the believers. We're here to introduce a whole new generation to the abundant life. We're here for the prime of our lives. place and time where we have access to all the information yeah. and we have access to yeah. knowing what's happening around the world literally at all times yeah. right. and I think sometimes we we either want to take responsibility for everything that's happening and want to make a change and I think that kind of that makes me feel heavy so Amber Alerts have been a, a thing where even Lisa and I had a conversation about it, like should we have them on should we not have them on because like wow you, and knowing that there's a kid somewhere out there that like is not with their parents and you can't do anything about it I can pray Right, yeah. but then knowing how to like the conversation that we had was along the lines of like we also have to let like give it back to the Lord, otherwise this thing is gonna stay with me until and ain't nobody gonna come and tell right. me, hey, we found him. Right, right. <laughs> no, you know, there's there's a beauty there's a beauty in not knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you. I, what I was just thinking about um, Amber Alerts, which I'm sure they help, but I was wondering the, if what their like effective rate is mm-hmm. of like kids that get found and stuff. Yeah. Right. In relativity to how many people get freaked out, because I get freaked out too. Like when an Amber Alert hits my phone, I go and I like look for my kids. And it and makes I, me and afraid. Then, and then I start freaking out for like mm-hmm. a little bit. And then, um, yeah, it's I, it's counter it's counterproductive. I, 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 I agree with you. I feel like... I feel like the onslaught or the overwhelming availability of information um, and perspectives has actually been counterintuitive to the human psyche because there is no longer... So let's not talk about Amber Alert, right? But like even the thought... Okay, let's talk about Amber Alert. Like the thought of Amber Alert 15 years ago, I didn't know what was happening in like Galveston, Texas. Right. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, um, But now we have the ability to know everything everything right and, and so, literally via video you also can visually place yourself in those situations right. oh no for sure like yeah. the war on ukraine was like Bro, massive look, i had to like I'm, I'm actually i'm repenting right now so i'm gonna go unfollow on twitter do you still use twitter yes no i don't you don't i love, I don't. Twitter, I love again. twitter i love twitter it's i love funny. twitter yeah i love twitter i literally go to twitter to, to like check commentary on sports like what some of the sports guys are saying mm-hmm. but then besides that i Dude, I, don't I, love tw- I love twitter because it's not a i probably barrage. don't follow it's you on not. twitter <laughs> probably why not i don't tweet though i'm like i just lurk on twitter okay, same, i just yeah same. i just lurk. yeah i totally creep on twitter um <laughs> I like it because it's not overwhelming. Right. It's not like this. It's limited it's to not characters. Like this, this multi-sensory overload. Right. Yeah. Like TikTok is overwhelming to me. Mm. Like I, I go back and forth on TikTok. So like, um, but it's just too much. I'm like, this is okay. I turn it off. I'm just like overly stimulated. Yeah. Um, but what I'm repenting about, which is to the point of like, man, sometimes there are things I should not be able to see. Mm-hmm. So I, this is random. Please don't judge me harshly. I'm telling you I'm repenting, okay? So don't judge me harshly. But for a while, I, I started following fight accounts. Like people just randomly fighting. <laughs> like, dude, like, like, just like people fighting like in schools and like at the mall. And a You're food definitely court. from LA, bro. <laughs> bro, it's so random. Like I still follow them. There's this one account. I won't tell you what it is, but they just capture these random things that happen on closed circuit TV, like on CCTV, like security cameras and stuff like oh, that. Wow. And the stuff these, these cameras catch is crazy. Wow. The worst like, like, dude, and best parts of humanity. It's the best and the worst parts of humanity. Yeah. 100%. And I think that 
now that I'm thinking about it, there are things that I should not be able to have access to. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, because it just makes me uneasy. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about it right now. Like, um, I need to, I need to close that. I need to close that chapter of my life. You probably definitely followed the world star. Huh? Oh, one, oh dude, world <laughs> star for sure. 100%. Oh, How come dude. I don't know what that is? Oh my what? God. I don't. Felipe. I'm sorry. Felipe grew up in the third world. <laughs> third world star. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, I did though. I did though. I did actually. You don't know what World Star is? No, I don't. Well, I'm glad. Praise I'm not god. making it up. Praise God! I'm glad you don't know what it is. You're so blessed. Wait, is that like ghetto? Is, yes, is a bunch 100%, of ghetto stuff. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Like oh, ghetto fights, god, bar yeah. fights. It's it's so it's like it's it's essentially hip hop based, right? Okay. So it's like it's like hood. It's like hood news, but then like hood like stuff I should not be seeing happening in the hood, right? Um. Diana also follows. Oh, I'm putting out. I'm putting Diana oh. on blast. Dang. Shucks. Um, this person I know. <laughs> you're like uh, watching. <laughs> you're, like cons- you're like, which one should I say? <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> Where's loves, the threshold? She loves this account. She loves this account. Oh my gosh, Diana is so is so like um, she's so full of tact, right? Like mm-hmm. she's so proper. But don't get it twisted. Don't get it that twisted. That chick is wild. <laughs> wild. Like she is. But she follows, she's going to be mortified. I'm sorry, babe. She follows the shade room. Oh, okay. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah, Bro, yeah. she loves the shade room, you know? Um, but I just think that there are some things I should not be able to see. It makes right. me think, it makes yeah. me think, some, for example, sometimes Lisa and I will be processing something in front of our kids, yeah. right? And we've noticed the ramifications it takes when we process something that they're not able to comprehend at the time and how it affects their mind. Yeah. So right. sometimes I'll be like, for example, we'll be talking about money, for example, right? If I process, if I'm discussing money with, with Lisa and I, like, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we, we really need to be careful about that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. My son or my kids don't have the understanding to understand that information. So then it will burden them. Right. So then Silas will right. say something to me like, right. Dad, I don't want that because we don't have any money. Right. I'm like, what, oh, what do you wow. mean? My I kids, never my said kids that. The same. My kids, I never, I never said that. 100%. I just was just talking to mom about managing our money better. Yeah. But I don't want you to worry about 100%. that. 100%. No, but you said, and I, we just don't have money. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> right? And at, so then Lisa and I were like more mindful. Hey, maybe we shouldn't be processing this in front of the kids yet. And I think sometimes, like again, we are, we, sometimes we, we are not made, in my opinion, to process the whole world's information right. no, at the at same all. time. Like right. we are not, not capable not not cognitively not to do all. that. You and I you and I were talking about about this last night. You sent me a a, a podcast to listen to oh, yeah. on the wonder of God or yeah. living in awe of, of God. God. And at first I was like, nah, okay, corny, right? Um, which I repent publicly about <laughs> it. Um <clears throat> because there's a beauty in awe. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I think about, if I think about being a child and not knowing better, does that make sense? Right, like, right. I don't know enough to, I don't know when I'm a kid, I don't know enough to know that like, this is a small room. Cause we're in a, we're, we're like in a 12 by 12 space. Right. I know it looks big on camera. It does look big. <laughs> Even the table looks big. No, but it's a tiny space. Right. <laughs> but because, but because my, my exposure it, I'm, 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 I'm still limited in my exposure. I'm able to enjoy what I have mm-hmm. um, because what comes with exposure is, is the, the trap of comparison, right. uh, the trap of, of feeling like you don't have enough. Right. So anyways, um, I think there's something to be said in, I know too much about God in the wrong way mm-hmm. to where I think the opposite of living with is awe and wonder 
is familiar. Familiarity, yeah. Right. I just become familiar with it. It's like, eh. Like, you know, like when you when you get um a new phone, right? And you're it's excited. Old in in two days it's old. Dude, phone. like no, like forty five minutes later, you're like, yeah. meh. The same. Well, if you're watching meh. World Star for sure. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, but I think I think so look, we've been we've been talking about We've been talking about rest and finding yeah. godly rest and finding rest in places that typically we don't get introduced to or we aren't taught that these are places of rest, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so we've taught, um, we've taught that rest is found in hope, um, that rest is found in reflection and releasing, uh, that rest at Culture Night, we talked about that rest is actually in, in managing your expectations of God well, mm. right? Yeah. Um, not being offended with God, not not letting your expectations um, cause you to stumble. <clears throat> anyway, I think that there's rest in not knowing. Yeah. yeah. Or rest. Let me let, let, let me let me zoom out a little bit more. Maybe rest in boundaries, because yeah. not because mm-hmm. because what you were talking about protecting your kids from certain conversations. That's a boundary. Yeah, it's a boundary. Yeah. Right. And I think that it's so important for development. It's so important for innocence. Yes. Mm, right. Um, to have really healthy boundaries, right? So I think that back to our point of like this information overload, right? <clears throat> we we we're we're robbed of because of a, social media has taken away all boundaries, right? Right? Like I shouldn't be able to see everyone's house. I shouldn't be able to see in everyone's room. Mm. I shouldn't be able to see people's bodies in certain contexts. Right, it's right. just like uh-huh. I don't need to see all that. Yeah. That's like, normalized, but it's not normal, right? right. It, that's yeah. oh, that's a good statement, bro. Yeah. It's normalized, but that's not normal. Yeah. No. Right? I shouldn't be able to see you that way. It will it will transform the way that I perceive you. Yeah. It will even pervert the way that well, I no, see you. That's what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. It warps. It, it warps. It warps the way I see it, things. It corrupts. Yes. It corrupts the image that I have of you based on the perspective that I have at that certain time. So yes, it's not normal. It is normalized. It's normalized that people post themselves in the gym, etc. You know, Every respectfully. Moment throwing shots out there, right? <laughs> but um, it's not normal. Yeah. It's not normal. It's okay to not know. Yeah. I, yes. During during COVID and quarantine, I read a book. I think it's called like um, Rest for the, for Creative Rest for the Weary Mind or the Weary Soul or something like that. I, I don't remember the title. Um, but they talk about how specifically digital information, how fast it's processed and how, pras- how fast it's given to us and how mm-hmm. fast we consume. That one of the things that has created unrest in in humanity is that there is no longer, there's, there's no longer an anticipation or a waiting for anything. Wow. There's no if. And if there is, we're mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is now. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's there, but there's a comfort in waiting or not a comfort, but there's, there's something that happens in, in not knowing or in waiting or having this, a specific boundary built around um, certain things. So, I was telling you guys about this before we started, but there was a study. It's really interesting. There was a study done with elementary school kids. You've probably, you've probably heard this before. <clears throat> Sarah was an educator, is still an educator. You, how long were you in education? Seven years? Six. Six years. Sheesh. Um, and what they did was administrators and school officials came and removed all the fences from, their, from playgrounds because they wanted to see, or they, what they wanted to do was give the kids more room to play. So they removed all the fences. They removed all boundaries. And what they discovered was that the children would come and rather than exploring beyond where the fence lines were, they would huddle either in the center of the playground or wherever the teacher was. Wow. Mm. They, w- they wouldn't even go play in the places that they used to play. 
Yeah. Right. That, that perhaps weren't beyond the boundary line, but when the boundary line was removed, they didn't feel comfortable. Mm. This was a child. They brought the fences back and the kids started playing everywhere right. again. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Because right? now there's security. You feel safe in, in the limitations that you're set, you know? But also you trust that somebody plays those there for you. There's like an understanding there. Right. You know, there's like, oh, I'm good to this place. Yeah. But however it is you process that as a child, you're like, you see a fence, you're like, I got to right there. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, a child is content, by the way. And, and within those can within those boundaries. Yeah. I, I like, I like both statements you guys made. So I remember when you said there's security, I want to talk about that real quick. Um, <clears throat> and then there's trust, which is kind of the same thing. Right. I feel safe, but then I also feel like someone, someone bigger than me knows, knows something more right. than I do. And that's your understanding. Of, that's the way you process things as a child. Yeah. As a child, mm-hmm. you really rarely question the, <laughs> the, whether an adult is making the right or the wrong call. Yeah. naturally right so when i'm a child and I'm, I'm in a playground i i look at a fence i'm like oh i'm good yeah. so right here and that's mm-hmm. right because there's un, like a either subconscious or conscious trust to yeah, yeah. A sub, like a bigger authority a no, bigger, I love that. right let's t- let's talk about security with kids in terms of just your your perspective as an educator right um in in that sense of boundaries of limitations and in, in the sense of not overexposing kids um what what fundamentally what what are some pieces of security that a child is able to walk away with or establish in in that type of a boundary does that make sense yes so the, when you were talking right now like i thought back to if i went to on a field trip with my students and mm-hmm. i guys when i would go on a field trips oh my gosh like that was the most nerve-wracking thing for me because now we're in a different location mm-hmm. now there's more exposure mm-hmm. there's other people i remember we went to the zoo for my first field trip and it was, I was so scared, but I had these kids like literally all holding hands in a line. Like we're going to hold hands because the last thing I need is someone to be kidnapped or something happens. It's my responsibility. Right. Right. I'm not losing any kids on my watch. No, we're not losing any kids. Not today. The other teachers were like, oh yeah, go playground. And I had these kids tight. Like you're right here with me. You're going to stay with me because again, I, I know it's the zoo, it's fun and exciting, you want to go see, but we went, we were able to see the whole zoo, but we, there was a whole plan, there was intentional, there, it was, there was intentionality of how we were going to get through the field trip, right? And at first they're like, why are we holding hands? Like, I don't want to hold hands. Like, I don't care, we're here, you're going to hold hands. But it's crazy because in comparison to how I was leading my students in comparison to the other teachers, they were scrambling, trying to like, oh, where's so-and-so? And, oh, I think they just left over there. Or, no, you know what? Their mom took them. They went to go get this. Whereas I was able to see, like, you're here in my view. I can take you. And at the end, things ran smoothly for me and for them, where in other cases we had students getting injured, like at, at you know, the playground at the zoo, where, thank God, I didn't have to deal with that, you know? Is there a difference between... How I'm sure there is because I'm a dad, so I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a difference between like a child outside of like the school playground and like at the zoo in terms oh, of like yes. their behavior? One hundred percent, because there's more excitement. Like, oh my gosh! Now, think about it. In a classroom, as a teacher, I set the rules. I set the expectations. This is how we work. But then you get on the bus. Even there's expectations for the bus. I would tell the kids, we can't be yelling. We can't be too loud because there's a bus driver. We need to be considerate and respectful. There's no seatbelts <laughs> in a school bus. Right. Right. If it's too loud and you're singing, 
I can't even imagine how hard it is for the bus driver to focus. So it's a lot of consideration. But with the kids getting out of their usual daily norm, it's like, oh my gosh, yes. But I have to like, I would be even more firm and strict. And there was a point where we went to the ice cafe to see Disney on ice. And my mom was like, oh my gosh, I've never seen this side of you. I'm like, mom, I have to be firm. I said, because if something happens to these kids, it's my responsibility. Right. You know, so... It's a matter of, yes, containing their excitement, but also knowing like I have your best interest at heart. I know we're going to have fun, but we're going to do it in a safe mm-hmm. and healthy way. Yeah. I, I noticed something with my, with my girls when we're in unknown spaces, they, they come and they huddle, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that there's something about, something to be said about a, a not a boundary, but a sense of knowing, mm. right? So I think that, I think that, so like when your kids are at the zoo, right? Like there's, there is an excitement, all of that, but they don't know what they don't know. Right. And so my job, our job, your job was to help them, not keep them from knowing, but to help them appropriately discover. Yeah. Right. right? Because I think what happens a lot in being overwhelmed and inundated with data and with information and overexposure there is a degree of inappropriate discovery, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. The scripture says this: that it's the glory of man. Um, it's the glory of man to uncover something, but it's the glory of God to keep something covered, mm. right? And I think there's some, there's something big to be seen there, right? So when I think about the first kids, Adam and Eve, right? <clears throat> the Lord created natural boundaries for them, yeah. right? And said, "Look, you can enjoy all of this." All of it. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to experience it. However, there are two things at the center of the place that I've put you in that it's not for you. Yeah. Right? When you think about what it was, it was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that we, di- we would not have access to life and access to an understanding of good and evil. What the Lord was doing was not restricting them from being able to access it. He was making sure that they weren't inappropriately exposed to it. Right. You look at things today, right? A lot of children lose their rest and I'm not talking being tired and then you recover, right? Because a lot of times we think about rest and we just, Mm. what we call rest is really just recovery. I went to Cancun and my body recovered, right? But how many times have we been on vacation and my body's recovering, but my mind and my spirit is still restless. Right. We've all been restless mm-hmm. on vacation, son. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> or, or whatever, whatever your, um, whatever your specific breed or brand of trying to find rest for your soul. Right. So some people like to, they love to eat. Some people overwork. Some yeah, people yeah. do retail therapy. Binge something. <laughs> for, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And now yeah. you're, you're, you're now you're in some, some sort of deficit, yeah, mm-hmm. right? And so whatever that is, a deficit in your body, a deficit in your, in your money, your finances, that's called debt, whatever, and you're still restless because you can find rest for your soul. So a lot of people lose their rest because of inappropriate discovery. Mm-hmm. They were indecently exposed to yeah. something. Right. You know, that makes me think about like in... Oh my goodness! I guess I'm gonna take it deeper. That just it just dawned on me right now. It, it, when when you say that, a, like a, a person or a child or a teenager lost their innocence, mm. 
that usually is correlated to an inappropriate discovery of One, something. 100%. Right. right. Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. In, like, so like, Some of <clears> us <throat> lose it. Way too, way too soon. Way too soon. And before we get into trauma, because yeah. okay, like because obviously that's where this is headed. Yeah, it's not the it's not the fact that that was never supposed to be in your life. Exactly. Right. It's that you weren't supposed to know that that way. Right. Yet. Right. Right. And that's why there's restlessness. Watch. Check it out. So in the the Garden of Eden, the first three chapters of Genesis teach us so much about human life. Oh my gosh, they teach you so much if you're willing to study it. But, so the Lord says, don't go eat from those two trees, life and knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve had access to it through a boundary. What was the boundary? The voice of God, Mm -hmm. right? The command. The the command of God, the presence of God. Why? How, How do you know that? First of all, they're alive. Where do you think they got life from? Right. God. Second of all, they knew boundaries of good and evil. Mm-hmm. This is good. Don't go do, don't do that. That's bad. Where'd they hear it from? The voice again. The voice and the okay. command of God. Right. <clears throat> so I won't go into the whole dissertation on autonomy and free will. Okay. We'll talk about that another day. But we're built with free will and we were able to disobey and betray God. And what happens? We get indecently exposed and inappropriately discover life and good and evil. And then immediately Adam and Eve get burdened with covering themselves. You right. stole my thunder. Yes. You stole my thunder. <laughs> not just, watch, not, not just, uh, oh, watch. Yes. Not just, no, check this out. Oh, this is good. This is good. It's yeah. in my brain, dude. It's, in my brain. it's Genesis chapter three. Look, the fact, the fact that we get tired mm. came from that indecent exposure. Yeah. Right. The we fact that we get tired, work after that. We have to toil to till the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Lord told Adam, you're going to eat by the sweat of your brow. He told the woman, childbirth is going to pain you. Right. Yeah. You're going to have to, we have to pick weeds because of Adam's and Adam and Eve's indecent, in a, inappropriate discovery and exposure. Yeah. Why? Because the boundaries were there to bless you, not keep you and restrict yeah. you from something, right. right? So all of us now experience unrest in some way, shape, or form because of the beginning, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? And so it's not, look, look, so I think, not I think, I, I think the, the direction here is that rest is not found in more, the rest is learning the blessing of less. Yeah. Right. There is a blessing in less. Watch the second Adam. He says, I won't say anything that my father doesn't say. Mm-hmm. I, uh, nothing's going to come out of, my war, out of my mouth. Jesus, the second Adam. Do we know that he's called the second Adam? Yes. We, we're, we're good Bible scholars? Yes. yes. Okay. The second Adam <clears throat> says, I'm going to respect the boundary. I will not say anything or do anything that my father, that my hasn't. father hasn't said, mm. right? So what is it? It's a snapshot of what was supposed to be in Eden, Yeah, right? And there was there's safety there, there's security there. Right. And I think there's a lot of us that are listening and that, I mean, even for me, I'm thinking about places in my life where I still have unrest because I was inappropriately exposed to mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I in, I in, that's oh such my a strong goodness. word, right? Indecently discovered something. Yeah. But that's the way it is with some of us in, when it comes to our calling. Because I think most of us, 
are burdened, young adults are burdened with the timeline and what's in our heart. Most of us are, mm, you know, maybe that. you're somebody else who's actually believing the Lord for breakthrough. Maybe you're believing for a miracle, healing in your life, whatever, mm. right? But most of us on a day-to-day, the mundane thing that we keep like hitting our, our ourselves on the, against the wall with is I want to be here. Yep. I'm not there yet, right. right? And I think sometimes we ourselves, we think we're fitting the dream. Like when we're looking stuff up, we're like, hey, I want to do, let's say, let's put, what would be somebody's like, let's say somebody wants to be um, like a really good artist or whatever, right? We, instead of, again, focusing on the thing that's in front of us, which is the paint, how can I make this better, whatever, what we, what we do nowadays is we start looking at what we could be. Mm-hmm. Right, so then we think I go by I go I go by my uh, my art gallery before I even mix my exactly. Paint. We go we go rent we go rent the building where we're gonna show off our art instead of working on the art. And then what's what's happening is we think we're feeding our dream. We think we're inspiring ourselves. What we're doing is we're actually feeding or inappropriately exposing ourselves to things that we're not prepared for yet. Right. You're not right. prepared for an art gallery yet. You're not. You need to master the craft or whatever. You need to learn whatever that season of anticipation looks like between you and God, between you and your spouse, between you and your family, between you and your business, whatever that is like. I I think there needs to be um, the ability to have rest in what you know. I love this. I love this. And and also being okay with what you don't know. Exactly. Finding rest in what you don't know. Most of us feel like if we don't know how we're supposed to build a business in five years from now or we're supposed to like whatever, we think we're missing out. When it really is, you have the blessing of learning. Yes. Yeah. Because it's a process. It it takes time, you know? Absolutely. But I think nowadays, at least young adults, we try to take, instead of like four classes, we're taking seven courses and Mm -hmm. I'm going all in and I want to be full time. And it's like, but you're not even taking the time to actually take in what you're learning and apply it. Like that was me in college. I went full force. I was doing it all. And at the end, now I'm like, man, why didn't I just enjoy college? It's the same thing as like cooking a good (laughs) piece of chicken. You got to let it marinate. (laughs) Well, we said this months ago. I forgot which which um, which which culture night, which series we did. I think it was I know too much. It was like, man, you know so much, but you learn so little, mm. right? You know so much, but you learn so little. This conversation reminds me of which I'm gonna push pause. Think about because I want us to go in about five to seven minutes. I want us to go to the blessing of boundaries, and I want you thinking about just in the back of your mind, kind of just in your in your processor. Be processing through boundaries that have blessed you in your young adult years. Let's do it. Okay. Um, But I think one of the paramount parables, that's Bishop T.D. Jakes' blessing on my life. I just think this way. It's the paramount parable. (laughs) Right? You sound like him. It's the allergies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the, the, the quintessential parable of a young life despising God-given boundaries right. is the prodigal. Yep. Right? Luke 15. Give it all to there me was, now. There was a king. He had two sons, an older son, younger son. The younger son went and said, give me my portion of the inheritance. Right? Immediately, there's a breaking of pr- pr- process, protocol, there's a breaking of progression that is natural. Covering. Right? Yes. An inheritance is yours when your father has lived the fullness of his life and now maximizes the fullness of his life and gives you 
Yeah. Right. A lot of times I'm gonna get all preachy. I'm sorry, but here we go. Get preachy. Like a lot of t- a lot of times we do we don't we don't understand or we don't appreciate the blessing of generational of, of ge- generational mm. progress. And it's like, dude, it's my money. I want it now. I want my shine now. When it's like, no, 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 hold on. You know what? I'm going to stand under my spiritual father. I'm going to stand under my father. I'm going to stand under my authority. Right. And I'm going to root them on. I'm going to be like, go, bro, go. Because the further you go, that's where I start. That's where I start. Right. That's where I pick it up. And and what happens is because we're, we're unwilling or somewhere, somewhere we saw a warped sense of success or prosperity that was done outside of a natural progression of things. It makes us come into our house and say, I despise my father. Mm. Honestly, I wish he would just die to give me my money because I'm going to go do my own thing. Right. That's what he said. Right. (laughs) That's literally, I mean, go read it. It's Luke 15. Yeah. Right. And check this out. When, when you get, when, when you get all the stuff you're supposed to have before you're supposed to have it, it shows in what you do with it. Right. Right. People beat up the prodigal and they're like, God, he was a horrible son. But it's like, no, he was just immature. Yeah. And he was given things before it's time. Mm-hmm. Right. So the father does what? Gives him the inheritance. The scripture says that he went and spent it in King James Version, riotous living. Right. And yeah. so he's like, whatever, just out there. Right. What does that expose? It exposes his inability to appreciate. Mm-hmm the preciousness of what he's been given, right? right? What would it happen if he had waited? If he had waited and gone through the process and the progress of his father living his life, he would have learned from his father right? and his father's life. Yeah. And he would have learned from his own life. Yeah. Right. And so what happens is I'm not going to, I'm not going to preach the whole prodigal story. Right. But like he ends up, Oh gosh, this is, this is, this is amazing. He ends up attached to people the scripture says this to a nation, he to a stranger of a, and a citizen of a country that did not keep covenants Yeah, is what the King James version says, right? Man, we don't have time to break this down, but a boundary is a blessing yeah. when it's founded on covenant. Like, yeah. like we're fathers, right? We have a covenant to our children. Yeah. Right. Right. And so the boundaries I put on my children aren't to, aren't to anger them or mm-hmm. to despise them. It's to bless them. Right. And love them, right? But he goes and he meets someone who does not keep covenants. And eventually, essentially what they do is they, they take the prince. who he was, he was a Jewish prince. And they have him working in the pig pen, which it was a curse for, for a Jewish prince wow. to be anywhere near Thanks. swine, right? And check out the condition of, the condition of indecent discovery and, and getting things before you're ready for it. Mm. Now he ends up feeding things because that's what his job was to feed swine. He ends up feeding things that his father would have never fed him. Right. And so look, he's there for enough time. And this is, look, you guys, I think I'm sharing this story. And I think the Holy Spirit inspired, inspired this story because I don't ever want you to walk this process. I want you to be able to come to yourself because that's how he gets out of the pig pen. Right. I want you to learn yourself and get your self-awareness in the blessing of your father's house. Right. I want you to get the blessing in the covering uh, mm-hmm. in, 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 in the safety of covering that loves you, that loves you enough to say you're not ready, yeah. that loves you enough right. to say, you know what? No, you're, <clears throat> I'm not going to give you that yet. That it, Look, it's coming to you. I see it in you. I see it for you, but I'm not going to give you that yet. You're not ready for it. If I give you this, it will crush you or you're going to squander it, right. right? And so watch. So the scripture says he's, he's starving 
in the pig pen and he looks at the at the essentially the slop yep. that they feed the swine and he desires it to eat it right that's what indecent exposure does it it creates appetites that should have never been there mm-hmm. it creates appetites that go against your very nature wow. that go against your very dna we need to stop there for a little bit jesus <laughs> You're, you're, you're not experiencing rest and you have the wrong appetites. That's a word. That part. You keep wondering why you keep going after the wrong thing. You keep wondering why you are hungry for the things that are not of God. You're, you're, you're tired. You're not in him. And therefore there's appetites in you that you never expected to be there. I'm sure that prince never expected to wake up like just hungry for some pig food. Yeah. You know, but he, all of a sudden he ended up in that place and I'm sure at that moment he wondered why am I, why, how did I end up here? That's exactly, right. that's exactly what happens, right? The scripture says, and it's a parable, right? And so the Lord Jesus teaches this and he says, and in a moment, right? Because that's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that who you are never really disappears. Mm. You, we can taint it. We can stain it a little yeah. bit. We can get it muddied up. But man, it's always in there. Who you really are is always in there. And it says that he came to himself. And what's the thing he remembers? He doesn't remember the inheritance. He doesn't remember the riches. He says, in my father's house. You know what he remembers? The boundary. Right. Yeah. Right? He remembers in this place that used, I used to, to despise because it was a limitation. I see the blessing now. Right? And he says, man. And you see the safety and the protection and the covering. Right. The provision. The provision. Yeah. Right, because that's what he says. He says, "Oof, there's provision." In he says, "In my father's house, even the servants eat better than this." Right? <laughs> even the servants have bread to eat. Yeah. You guys, when you look at your your faith, and when you look at the parameters and the tenets of Christianity, and the way the Lord teaches us to live in kingdom, those parameters and those boundaries and those limitations are not restrictive. They're for proper alignment so that we can get prosperity, provision, and protection. That's beautiful. Right? You think of, you think of, you know, the, the hand of God, right? The, the hand of God is on you. And for, one of our favorite scriptures is 1 Thessalonians 1.5. It's obvious that God's hand is on you for something very special, right? When you study the, the, the thought of God's hand, it literally covers it, 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 it does this, right? It holds like that, right? And, and in that, it's very, it's, it's, you know, I think in my hand, right? It's limited, um, but it's connected to all of this, right? right. Anyway, so he, he has a moment of self-awareness and he says, man, I'm going to go to my father's house and I'm going to at least be a servant, right? So we know how the story ends, right? Like he, he gets up and he starts rehearsing and I'm going to say this, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you and blah, blah, blah. And I'll just finish the story for the sake of finishing the story, right? But like, <clears throat> he starts walking, but the scripture says that the father sees him from afar off, runs, hugs Same. his neck, and then, then the story ends with the party. I give you a robe, a ring, and sandals, right? Anyway, so I think, I think the big point here is that I want you to avoid the pig pen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to avoid having to have a testimony of I hit rock bottom yeah. and that's where God found me. Yeah. Those of us that are listening right now and you're in your twenties, like your early twenties, 
And you feel the tension of being the young son in this story. Like, I want my stuff and I don't mm. want to wait and I feel entitled to it and I should have it and all of that. Let me give you the blessing from an old guy, right? Like, there is, there is so much safety in, in being submitted to the boundary and to the limitation. Yeah. There's so much safety in it. And here's the deal. Your heavenly father is faithful and he's a good father and he has an inheritance for you and he's going to give it to you in his time. Ecclesiastes says what? All things are made beautiful in his time. Right. Right. Okay. So I think we established that. We established that there's a blessing in boundaries, right? Amen. So we're, we're about seven minutes later. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about what quote unquote the father's house looks like staying in that type of a boundary, staying in something that, man, I don't like it, but I, or I didn't like it when I was going through it, mm-hmm. but, but I'm grateful because I look back and it caused rest for me. Yeah. Right. It settled me. It quieted me. It, it secured me. It anchored me. D- mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So let's talk about that. Let's, let's, let's talk about some boundaries that have blessed us. And now that we're a little bit older, we look back and say, man, I was able to have a restful life and I'm not, and I wasn't as restless as I could have been yeah. had it not been for those boundaries. I can go first. Oh, yeah, just talk. <laughs> um, so in regards to boundaries, I like how you keep referencing it as a limitation, right? Um, but I think I also see boundaries as an intentional limitation. Mm-hmm. And I think for me in the transition from resigning to teaching to, okay, now I have so much free time now. What do I do? I'm so grateful for Pastor Cruz and Pastor Diana because I remember when I resigned, it's like now I can go do whatever. Like I can travel the world. I can do all these things. I can start a business, all these things, right? Um, but at that time, I and I've, I had this honest conversation with Pastor Cruz. I said, I told him, I need to be very strategic and very careful with what I do and how I do it because now there's so much, there's so much availability now that I can't, like I said, I can go anywhere I can stay up late I can do all this on the contrary in that time it taught it taught me that it was a rewiring of my mind to set intentional limitations like part of me wanted to go back to like when I was in high school and it was summer vacation and you stay up till like 3 a.m right and you're hanging out with your friends or whatever my body can't handle that anymore (laughs) (laughs) if I if I stayed up till 3 a.m tonight I, I need like four days to recover. Yep. Mm-hmm. Easy. Why are you lying? You stay up late for culture night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, we stayed up late for culture night. But he'd be recovering. <laughs> he'd be recovering after that. For real. Anyway, keep going. Sorry. Um, so it was, it was a matter of setting intentional limitations. Like I still had my bedtime. Like this is the time you're going to go to sleep. I was still, I made myself very available to come serve because yeah. I knew this is what I love to do. Um, I also made time like, okay, if I'm going to travel, then I'm going to go to other church conferences. And him and Pastor Diana encouraged me like, go do that. Like, yes. And I think that was really beautiful to see that now I was seeking wise counsel. I was receiving that permission instead of, relying on me like oh you know That's now good. you're now you're 28 mm-hmm. you know you don't need you don't need to ask him you live by yourself you're you don't grown. Need, you know you're a grown woman you 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 can do what you want to do right however it was that was a great process for me to be able to set 
a foundation for my life and setting, it was a matter of setting principles. Like, okay, this is what I need to do. This is how I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. I'm taking care of my home. I'm really being present with my family because as an educator, there was so much time taken away from me. Like guys, there's literally memories that I don't recall. I have to ask my mom, like, is so-and-so still alive? Like, is it your neighbor still here? Or how long ago did they pass away? Like, I know that sounds bad, but I was so lost in the hustle and doing that I totally lost of what, like, I couldn't, I didn't know what was going on. So now this was a moment of really being grounded and staying present of where my feet are and not getting stuck in the clouds because that's how I was. I was very stuck on just keep going, going, going. And I was like, no, I need to set those intentional intentional limitations to be present, to be here, to learn, to serve. And I think it it was really beautiful to see because again, at 28, that was it. Whereas I think at 21, 22, I was like, let's go. Like, it's my money. I can't, you know, you can't tell me, right? Like, I, I know what to do. But there was this this posture of I like I didn't get it right back then but now I have the time to get yeah. it right so I need to do it now mm-hmm. you know good. well for me for me I'm gonna be like a lot more like old school um, but to me the best boundary that any young adult could have is an assignment a com- mm-hmm. uh, um, an instruction from the Lord um, I'll recall to this story there was a time when I was maybe uh, maybe 16 17 was considering going to Hillsong College and um, I, again, this is the, I'm referencing my point before I was looking up YouTube videos, you know, looking <laughs> up guitars to buy, looking up ways to be a better songwriter, but not even trying to write a song, just looking up ways <laughs> to write a better song, right? And I remember not having the means for it. There was no provision for it. There was yep. no blessing for yep. it. Everyone yep. <clears throat> that was next to me, uh, my family, everyone would be like, are you sure you want to do this? There was no, no agreement on anything, but I wanted it. I wanted it now. Um, and I remember going to my youth pastor's office at that time. His name is Alex. And um, I was like, I'm all venting, you know, in his office. I'm like, this is just crazy. I really feel from God that I need to go to this place or whatever, right? Um, but he says, is there an assignment to it? Like, did you receive an assignment? And then I said, no. Like, he didn't say an assignment. I just feel this, this is in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I think this might be you listening to this. It's in your heart, but you don't got a word yet. Mm. It's in your heart, but mm. you don't got to, you don't got the go mm. yet. Right? right. So then my youth pastor blessed me with this. He said, then what is the last thing the Lord asked you to do last? Wow. And he said, go back to that assignment yeah. until you get a new one. And that's the day I decided to stay at her at church. I didn't, I decided to let go of the dream of going to Hillsong college. Mm. I ended up going and it's the best decision I ever made. Yeah. And I thought I was waiting for, most of us, we're, we're caught in that gray area. We think we're, the word's coming and it's not coming. And we stopped <laughs> doing what he last asked us to do right. because we're in exp- We're like ready. We're like, Keep your hands ready. But you, you've let go of what he asked you last to do. And I think to me, there's a blessing. That boundary of saying, I'm going to go do the last thing the Lord asked me to do. That's a beautiful boundary. <clears throat> there's rest in that. Yeah. Because I'm still being faithful to what he said. I'm obedient. still being obedient. I'm still stewarding what he... Isn't it the best feeling in the world that... Like when you were a young person, your mom asked you to do something and you actually did it. Right. You can't wait for her to get home. Dude, get like, home. Go ahead and hurry up and get home. Yeah, yeah, watch yeah, yeah. these. Yo, I watch these dishes. That's, that's the blessing of living right. Yeah. Right. That's what living right feels like. That's beautiful. That's <laughs> like, go like, ahead, I, come back. Like, 
my mom's home in 20 minutes and I crushed it. Yeah. Everything she asked me to do, I did. Oh my that, God, that, that's that, awesome. That's a that's beautiful hilarious. place of fulfillment, but also that's rest, yo. That's right. rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, Lord, yeah, absolutely. I, don't, I don't hear, absolutely. I don't hear, I'm not going to burden myself with not hearing the next instruction because some of us think, some of us might think that we can't hear from God. Like, I'm just, I feel so distant from God. Why? It's because whatever's in my heart, I'm not getting an instruction for it. Mm. But the <clears> truth <throat> is that he, what he said is still, good and most likely he's still over there where you left right. wanting right. to go to the new so to me the the most the most important boundary that i've ever had in my in my young adult life has been the beautiful blessing of going back to the old instruction until mm -hmm. i get the new one that's beautiful and i i'm i'm sure that saved me a lot of headaches saved me a lot of like debt to be honest with you probably <laughs> yeah. would have probably would have bought that plane ticket try to pay tuition by myself with no blessing Oof. no covering no anything Um, and most of us might be some of, in, in that place where we try to make it happen with our own hands. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you, there's a beautiful, if you have an assignment from God and you're waiting on the next one, there's rest in the old one. Absolutely. Well, it's that's not beautiful. old. It's still current, by the way. <laughs> no, yeah. You know, so that's mine. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, I, I think that for me, um, I, think there's a, I think there's a difference between self-imposed boundaries, which you, that's what you call discipline. Mm -hmm. Um and real boundaries that aren't put on you by yourself, but by someone else. Right. To, to, to me, I think there's, there's, been, <clears throat> there's been seasons in my life where I've learned a lot by trusting someone else with my life. Mm, yes. Right? <clears throat> um, so I don't know where you guys stand on the Enneagram, right? I'm, I'm a, three. a three. So I got two Woo! threes. I'm an eight. <laughs> We care too much of what people say about us, sir. <laughs> Which is funny because I'm I'm a eight. I don't give a flip. <laughs> I don't care what you do. I don't need you to like me. I disrupt. But um, then in return, you like me. That's what the yeah. Instagram says. You like me. Um, and I remember I remember hearing this when I listened to the audio book that is like the 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 main book on the Enneagram. Um, it's called The Road Back to You. And I always felt this weird pressure of like, I got to go do something. I got to go do something. I got to go mm -hmm. do my own thing, blah, 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 whatever, which was completely wrong. And the author of the book in the Enneagram uh, of the road back to you says, when he talks about eights, he says, <clears throat> an eight doesn't necessarily have to be in control or doesn't have to be the main person in control. They just don't like when someone else control is in control of their life. Mm -hmm. And it gave me a lot of context, right? And I was just like, yeah. That's why I struggled with submission. Wow. Because I don't like when someone else has control of my life. Mm. Do, you, do you see what yeah. I'm saying? No, 100%. And so, but when I look back at um, my life, um, especially in my young adult years, the places of the most frustration, but now that I'm on, I'm gaining a little bit of maturity, I can recognize that the places of great frustration when I was a young adult, but the greatest formation of me as a, as a son, as a husband, as a father, as a leader, as a pastor, as a communicator, whatever, has been places where somehow I allowed myself for, to give someone control yeah. in the direction of my life, right? Yeah. And so I don't know why I'm thinking about the Karate Kid, but I'm thinking about the Karate Kid, right? When the wax on wax off? One million percent. Like, why am I doing right. this? Why am I doing this, right? And I have, uh, you know, I, I, you guys hear me talking about my pastor all the time. Um, shout out Perry. Pa shout out Pastor Perry Kearney. Um, and 
uh, he he essentially was Miyagi, right? Mm-hmm. And but not just him. First, there was a, there was a couple other pastors before I met Pastor Perry um, that it was like, I have a call to ministry. Oh, you do? Awesome. Go come, cl- come clean the church. Go clean the bathrooms. One dude, for pastor, well. go ahead. One minute, I was like, no, 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 no. You didn't hear me. <laughs> I'm called to the stage. I'm called to. I'm called I have to the a ministry. word. I have a testimony. Oh, that's that's great. That's great. Yeah. Go clean the church. Right? And I was just like. <laughs> but like, when do we get to message prep? Bro, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and like, <clears throat> when, I, when I look back, what they did, what, what that did for me, what that limitation did for me, it created an appreciation for the smallest of details mm. in the house of God. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, you run with me really close, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I, I notice all the tiny little things and I care deeply about them. Right. right? I, I'm, I'm convinced that it was those seasons that it was like formed that in me and it was those boundaries. I remember, I remember Pastor Perry saying, Hey, you wanna be a good pastor? Yeah, I do. Great. Go walk your wife to the car. And I was like, no, 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 I gotta talk, to, I gotta talk to people. I gotta pray with people. No, 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 they'll be there. Go walk your wife to the car right now. Like he, he drilled that in me, mm-hmm. right? Now, like almost 20 years later, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm a great pastor. Nope, nope, right? Like, no, I'm no. a big flex, no, whatever. You are? But like, cause I care about my first ministry, right. which yeah. is my home. Yeah. Right. And it felt like in those moments, it felt like when, when Miyagi or whoever, I guess the, the newer version is like Jackie Chan, right? And um, Jaden Smith, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to learn karate. Great. Go wash the car. And he's just like, <laughs> why am I doing this? Yeah. Right? But what it's doing is like these, these, these limitations or these boundaries that make you feel like you're doing tiny things are teaching you the micro movements yeah. of major techniques. Yeah. Oof. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They're like, it's, it's the quintessential Matthew 25, faithful yeah. with a little, be faithful with a little, be faithful, be faithful, be faithful. And you eventually that, look up. In that moment, let's say you're washing that car. Oh, bro, I, you hate it. Right. But you're also like, you don't know where it's leading also. Right. So there's, right. a, there's, a, there's, there's a beauty in not knowing. For example, like I started. I in, wouldn't call it beauty. I hate. I hate not knowing. Oh my god! Bro, well, you, from the outside okay, in. If you want to ruin my weekend, <laughs> tell me. Be like, hey man, we need to talk, and then don't talk to me like on Friday, and then don't talk to me till Monday, and like eventually I'm gonna take you. Bro, what is it? Tell me now. Tell me now. Yeah. I, I hate suspense. Tell me right now. And if you want to drive me nuts, don't tell me. Well, the reason why I say beauty is because I'm looking <laughs> no, on my life from the outside in. I agree with you. I just hate like waiting. my mom. I, if you guys don't know this, my mom always made me do accounting for her in her job. In, in our family business, always. Um, never, I, w- I would literally tell her, I will never use this skill. Literally, I was uh, as blunt as to tell my mom, I'm never going to use this skill oh ever in my life. You don't know what God called me to do. Literally stuff like, why are you, what are you saying, young Felipe? What the heck is wrong right. with you? Right? So, and then um, first job that I ever got at the church, accounting. It, prepared, it prepared you and for again, it. And again, in that moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord. Like, <clears throat> I was like waxing... And I didn't know what you were getting me ready for. Right. And that was the way in into a ministry position that I now have. That, right? that was the door to the door. Yeah. Right. yeah. Look, okay. So we're going to start landing the plane. But I love that you brought that up. So let's go Old Testament. 
story of David, right? So mm-hmm. 1 Samuel 15, yeah. 14 and 15. So David is on mission to deliver lunch to his brothers. And he finds himself in the Valley of Elah. And as he walks in, the giant is cursing, right? Goliath of Gath. He's talking smack. He's talking smack against the, <laughs> the armies of Israel and the God of Israel. And so David is like, man, is there not a cause? Which that's one of my favorite lines in scripture. Is there not a cause? Can you imagine a little 14 year old boy? What a special kid, by the way, right? Yeah. Or what a kid who's just like outside of his time. Like, yeah. what's, what are y'all going to do? Like, like this classic little kid, right? Anyway, okay. So we know the story that he goes, delivers lunch. And then he goes and tells, he has, somehow he ends up with a king. I wish the Bible gave us details. Cause yeah. I want to know the story, bro. Like how did, like what? Who <laughs> lets this kid go to Saul? Right. Which that's God. Right. To me, it's like, you, you don't have to push. And maybe the that's doors open on their the, own. The doors right, will open right. on their own and the calling and the moment finds you. You don't find the calling. I, 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 I try to help young people all the time, young adults, young leaders, young pastors, whatever. If you're chasing a calling, you're probably not who you think you are. Mm, say that. Right? Like, like I get asked all the time, bro, like, how'd you, like, how'd you end up with Pastor Charles Neiman? I was like, bro, I don't know. I'm just, I just, I just ended up here, bro. Right. I just served <laughs> and I ended up here. Anyway, so check it. So he goes, he's standing in front of the king and he's like, look, is anyone going to do this? Anyone can do anything? And they're like, no, why? He's like, well, I'll do something. And you know the story, right? The yeah. king Saul tries to put his armor on him. And David's like, dude, this is, this is whack, bro. This is like too clunky. He doesn't fit me. He takes it off. He goes, I just need a sling and some stones. And like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, you're going to go fight this warrior giant with rocks. Yeah. And remember what David says. He says, look. I killed this. The Lord has delivered to me. The spirit of the Lord delivered the lion and the bear to me. Mm-hmm. And the spirit of the Lord will deliver this giant, this uncircumcised Philistine, <laughs> right? Is what he says. Tell the Lord how it is. Come on. And, and the Lord will, de- and the spirit of the Lord will deliver this uncircumcised Philistine. David, had he been some young adults, not anyone listening, because everyone at Prime Culture has a, a pure heart, right? But if he had been some of the young adults we know about, David would not have been prepared yeah, because he didn't he he didn't like that he's on the backside of a mountain watching right. sheep doing a throwaway job, yeah. and he doesn't realize that the Lord is preparing him when no one is watching him. Right, by throwing by chucking rocks. Yeah, at lions and bears mm-hmm. for sheep that aren't even his; they're his dad's. But like, yeah. he's like, why am I out here? I'm out here forgotten. Right. I'm out here doing a, a job that no one appreciates. They don't mm-hmm. even know I'm out here. But you never know what God is refining in the unknown. What Amen. God is refining in the anonymity, what God is refining on the on the stages that are not stages, what God is refining yeah. in the shadows, what God is refining in the places uh, that are unsung, mm. right? I had I had a my, my, my man of God. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I feel like mad churchy. My, my pastor said this to me like twelve years ago. Perry said he goes, Cruz. All I know is this: I know what you carry. And one day the curtain is going to get pulled on your life. And all I'm saying to you is that I hope you've done the work behind the curtain. Mm. When that curtain gets pulled over your life. That right? thing sounded like a compliment and it came back with a <laughs> Bro, slap. He smacked me and I was like, dang, <laughs> right? So watch. So what are, what are the components here? Are the components 
the giant? No, the component is David learned the spirit of God Mm -hmm. in the small place. Right. David became familiar with the power of God, the potency of God, the provision of God in the small places, which Mm -hmm. lions and bears aren't a small place, right? Aren't necessarily small things. But he said, look, like, I've seen, I've seen God do crazy stuff when none of y'all saw me, none of y'all doing this, right? right? right. But I've learned, I learned to trust God yeah. in these things that like are, were impossible even in the small places. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at your life and you really examine it, there are impossibilities that they may not be big, but there are impossibilities that the Lord has provided you with. There are things that you prayed about that you like were so excited for but now it's little because you know too much and you have social media mm. and you follow all these people who are successful, blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, and now yeah. you feel entitled to it because they have it. Now I want it. And you're looking at the thing that used to be a blessing and now it's a burden. And you yeah. think the thing that used to be a prayer and now it's a problem. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, man, what would happen if you just said, Lord, I don't know what you're teaching me, but I'm willing to learn. Mm. Right. And, I'm, and I'm, as I'm willing to learn, I'm also willing to have my eyes open for the, for the places and the spaces where I can apply what I'm learning in the hidden. That's that makes sense. But the most beautiful thing that you mentioned is that David's not being seen. If we go back to the beginning of our podcast, it's about that, you know, everything is being seen. Now mm-hmm. you're knowing everything. And we see in the Bible that there's power in obscurity where you're not being seen. But nowadays we want to show Everybody, like you said, my home, what I'm doing. It's like, no, there's there's beauty in those private moments. Because like you said, how Pastor Perry told you, once that current drops, you better be ready. It's different. But also but also just highlighting the fact that there is you can find rest in the not knowing everything. Right. And yeah. th- again, just like I mentioned, just when you finish the last thing or when you're actually stewarding the last thing the Lord asks you to do, you feel good about what you're yeah. doing. You feel good about what you're accomplishing. <laughs> Yo. If you don't compare it to where you want to be, what you're doing right now will be enough. Yo, okay. Amen. And, we'll, and we'll, we'll close with this thought. I love that you brought that up. Absolutely. There's like the blessing of obscurity, but 1 million percent. You guys are killing it today, man. This is a good conversation. Um, you said what it was, was... Um, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It just jumped out of my head, bro. Remind me of what you just said, like t- just 30 seconds ago. I well, just had a complete just said, brain space. <laughs> oh my, this never happens. This has never happened No, to I, just said, I just said that there's rest and in, in not knowing. And, and as long as we're doing oh, no, the no, no, assignment. No. I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember. Yeah. Yes. Okay. In going back. Yeah, that's going what back. it was. Oh my gosh. Man, the devil is a liar. <laughs> going back. Watch. So, David chops the giant's head, head off, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. He had an anointing on his life because the chapter prior, yeah. Samuel pours oil on his head. You're anointed to be the king. I right. don't know when, but you're anointed to be the king. And that's a torment for a lot of people I know who have you're an anointing. Going. Yep. A lot of people, there's, there's, that's the torment of a lot of people who have a great anointing, but you know what they didn't have, you know what David didn't have yet? An assignment. Ooh. Right? He did, so what did he do? He, he went he, back. He, he kills the giant, chops his head off, keeps the sword. Right. Keeps Goliath's sword and that little boy is dragging it back where? To the last thing God told him Come to do. On. Yeah. Ooh, bro. I'm That's saying, a word. Man, I'm saying. <laughs> and what happens in that small space? The Lord develops the king of Israel for 25, almost 25 years. Because some of us think a small victory is the, is the, <laughs> is the assignment. Right. It's not. Oh, it, it like might you just, made it. That's it, a good word. It might just be confirmation, but of it's not the are. assignment. 
is that it might be you might be a young adult who has Bro. gift who has anointing and you had a small victory but it's not a word yet it's not an right. assignment yet go back yeah can go I? back and wait yeah. for the assignment to say you're ready to be king you're David. Ready. Right. here's the crown yeah, yeah. Was, god dude it was a confirmation but it wasn't a crown oh Ooh. let's go son that's a good word there's rest in boundaries. Yes. yes. There's rest in limitations. There's rest yes. in there's anointing safety. Much. There's security, man. Amen. That's a good word. Yeah, that's it's a good word. Selah. That's a good conversation. I hope yes. that blessed you guys the way it blessed us, man. Rest. I think this is, I think this, we have one more conversation on rest, I think. Yeah. If, yeah, I think we have like one more. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Sarah, thanks yeah. for being here today. You killed thank it. You for it was having beautiful. Me. Um, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for being a part of the culture community. Um, couple of things. Number one, thank you for sharing. There's so many of you that share the podcast that talk about it. You use your, your platforms to, you know, um, let people know about what's going on here. Thank you for doing that. If you haven't already, please hit a subscribe on Spotify, Apple podcast, or YouTube. We want to break a thousand, yo. We're almost there. I think this morning we were at 835. So Come we're on. almost at a thousand subscribers. Go. That's a big deal, man. I'm going to celebrate yes. that, bro. The day of small beginnings. Come on. Um, and so hit the subscribe, turn on the bell notification, man. Let people know about what, what God is doing in the culture. Speaking of what God is doing, I think we're like 48, 47, some odd days away from Culture Con. <laughs> we almost didn't want to say it. Prom Culture Conference. I didn't hear it, Andrew. Oh, we're, and we're waiting for the horns, you guys. We're waiting for the horns. Hold on. We're no. Hey, that was so random. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a semi driving by by the horizon when, boulevard. When is, when is <laughs> Culture Con happening, Pastor Chris? Yo. Let him know. <laughs> That's such a good host question, yes. bro. When is it happening? Hey, yo, it's happening Friday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, August yes. 10th, 11th, and 12th. Register now. And if you haven't yet, you register now. And if you're a faithful listener of the podcast, here you go. I'm going to bless your life. A little bit of a discount code. Come on, somebody. Find two other homies where two or three are gathered, but it's got to be three plus. If you register and it's three of you, you use the discount code no strangers. Yeah. And you get. I think it's like ten dollars off each each registration. Let's go. So ten dollars is ten dollars, boy. That's a god deal. Yeah. Come so on. So go go register if you haven't already registered. We're so excited for conference, man. It's gonna be super fun. So hey, we love you guys. Hope you have the best week, the best day. Thank you for tuning in. You guys are absolutely incredible. We have culture night happening July fourteenth. Yeah. Yes, sir. What are we talking about? I don't know what we're doing. I don't know, I don't know. Either, but it's going to be <laughs> you amazing. Tell it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have an idea. I have an idea. Okay. So. That's good. Yep. All right. I love you guys. We love you guys. We love you. Have the best day ever. Peace. Peace.